Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast with HVS. My co-host today is Josh Barnett, one of the owners of 19.9, a retro college apparel company. I am Aaron Meyer. On today's episode, we're going to unpack some classic pairs of shoes and hear Josh's stories behind why he picked them up in the first place. But let's get started with Don Fisher. What's going on, Josh? What's up, sir? Not much, man. I am enjoying the sweaty evening here in southern Indiana and thinking about uh, the draft that we did last week and just wondering what uh, your thoughts are a couple weeks in. Well, number one, this weather sucks. I'm over it. I'm ready to move on. I need fall in my life. Uh, Summer has come and summer needs to go. The second thing is we've already done this podcast once, Meyer. You yeah, don't why, have to. Why? What happened? Well, there's two two things. Full disclosure: why this thing is not playing on Monday and available to you guys. <laughs> Number one, I drank a few too many beers before <laughs> you got down to the studio. That improved uh, on, the quality on Friday. And it was a long week, man. It was a long week, and you took a little yeah. while to get down there. So, And I'm not a big drinker, but I probably had about three beers as, as I was waiting on you. And yeah. I thought that the podcast got a little loose, and you know that because I was texting you nonstop <laughs> after after we uh, wrapped everything. You were in and, full panic mode. Yeah, full panic mode because I, I hated how much I left out. I hated that uh, I was loose with it. I hated that I felt like I just went on and on and on, kind of like I'm doing right now. Yeah, and so I was freaking out, and then you hit me with a text on was it Sunday morning, probably? Yeah, Sunday. Cause what, we've been moving your our business. Uh, turns out I don't know anything about uh, recording audio. I just kind of fake it, and I recorded a stereo track of myself, so there was a sweet echo throughout the podcast. So we have one one hour of talking about shoes lost. We have one hour of kind of pretty buzzed Josh just talking, just in circles, lost. Um, and I'm happy with both of those, man. What I, about like, EJ, I though? More that, happy I mean, that's the real loss. What's that? What about EJ? That's the real loss. Yeah, EJ's not lost. We'll, we'll loop EJ <laughs> back in at some point to to get his thoughts. But I was blown away that he had never uh, had no idea who D. Brown was. Oh, my gosh. I know. That was, that, that was that, and that's related. You got to bring that up at the right time, then, because that was I, an amazing moment. I feel like EJ in this is going to come across as our punching bag, and if it feels that way, it's because he actually is. Uh, <laughs> we love love EJ. I love that man. Uh, yeah. He is awesome, but he is also very easy to <laughs> laugh at and laugh with. So I plan on doing that. A lot, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. He he's, he takes he he takes it in stride. Yeah, no, he's pretty good about it. So when we got together on Friday uh, to record the podcast, the last one that we were coming off of was the college basketball '90s draft, and it seems like a while ago now because we we uh we had a few days, four or five days in between. Um, but it was it, it legitimately affected my weekend 
uh, thinking about Iverson not being picked in that 90s draft. And we talked a little bit about that when we did this pod the, the first time, and, and it led to some pretty good discussion. But I had a range of comments on our, our 99 social media, and I don't think we've ever even plugged our social media. But if you guys don't follow us, you can follow us at 99 on Instagram, where we're probably the most active. And then we're also at 99 underscore threads on Twitter. Um, and we're, we're picking up a decent following on Twitter right now, too. So we're, we're starting to pump out more content on, on Twitter as well. So if you guys want to follow us, please do. And you can leave your comments to these blogs and, and uh, podcasts and all the other stuff, 99 there. But I was getting like a range of emotions of people saying like, man, that's tough. How do you leave Iverson off? And then as I talked through with, with some of our uh, some of our followers, they were like, you know what? Like. I can see it, man, here. And then they would come up with their own list. Like, you can make argument for all these dudes. I'm like, yeah, like, it's really tough to pick 20 players from the 90s. But still, leaving Iverson off left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. So I do apologize for that. I I felt bad, too. But Iverson is such a specific player. I just think when you're building a team, you have to either go all in on Iverson and then decide what you want, or he just – is a tough fit with a lot of other guys. And yeah, no I, doubt. And that, that was kind of him for, for his entire career, right? Like he was right. going to will you to win on his own, like he did with the Sixers. Um, or he was not going to mesh with the other pieces in place. So you, you, you literally had to build everything around him. And if you look at some of those guys that those Sixers put around him, there were not a lot of people that wanted to take shots on those. No, teams. like and Eric Snow, you know, Aaron McKee, who would yep. you know lock down defender, but would hit a three. Matumbo was not an offensive player, yeah. defensive center. George Lynch, you know, all those guys, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it, it was tough within the grand scheme of uh, of building a team. But how do you leave possibly the most iconic player of the '90s off of both teams? Question well, mark. I had him actually as my second pick, but I think, too, the weird thing about a draft is that it becomes a bit of a chess match, too. And so you went with a big guy, which I did not expect. I definitely was ready for a guard coming first, and then you went the complete opposite direction, not just with your first pick, with, like, your first four picks. So I was totally thrown off, and I had to, like, counter and move some people around. And I think that's that's how Iverson got out of my starting five. And then – he really doesn't make sense off the bench. So once we got into the bench, guys, I was like, I just didn't know where to slot him in. Well, at that, at that point, you were filling needs, right? You were filling the holes that you didn't have. Um, but I think people do forget, too, that Iverson was two-time defensive player of the year in the Big East, too. Like, I mean, incredible was freaking incredible. But uh, for those of you that, that want to be clued in on what we are uh, talking about, if you missed the last podcast, it was our, our 1990s college basketball draft where we went through and picked uh 10 10 players each and we tried to keep them to the center two forward uh two guard lineup we got some more guards in there i think at some point but uh if you want to listen to that it is available uh, right under this podcast too and and you'll get to hear me playing chess and myers meyer playing checkers <laughs> oh all right you just can we do the 2000s that. draft you just you just conceded that when you said nah. all, all my picks were throwing you for a loop, but no, it was fun. There were some there were good teams or good players picked. It. We had a lot of fun with it, so be sure you check that out. Definitely. Well, I think that 
one of the things that came out of that is the shoes of the 90s too and that's the central uh, theme of this one you had a couple of books for me and i have since then got a chance to look through them but i want to save those to more specifically talk about soul provider and the slam kicks book and instead just focus on a couple of pairs of shoes because you actually brought some shoes to the pod studio and i got to see them love looking through some older classic uh sneakers and just wanted to throw it out back to you just how it connects to the draft and and the, with the ones that you brought down yeah so i think that's where we got a little bit loose we maybe tried to do a little bit too much with too little time and so my thought was as uh my the beer left my system and my head started to clear a little bit um that we could do this and uh break this down and just do like two pairs per segment and just call it like the shoes that we love um and and just kind of go back and hit on all those it was fun being in the studio and kind of having a third of my shoe collection in there to (laughs) kind (laughs) of to kind of go back and and look and pull out and it was fun to bounce them off uh our, our millennial buddy EJ, yeah. who uh, who had his own thoughts and and own stuff, and just seeing his reaction that was off mic was kind of fun in and of <laughs> itself. So there was another dynamic there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the shoes has always been a part of the basketball culture, and that's it's always been a part of like me as a basketball player. Um, and and shoes are something that can last far beyond beyond your playing days um they're very stylish obviously um they're mainstream now and and it's really just like its own it it has like its own black market basically now that's how big shoes have gotten so they've gotten intense yeah it really has so we were kind of thinking and, and talking on on friday's pod that got deleted uh just kind of how things used to be and um, how we kind of missed those days of going to the mall and showing up the mall early or, or getting a connect at Finish Line or Foot Locker or Champs or uh, Derners and some of the mom and pop stores around here that we grew up with and uh, making those connections and getting let in side doors and getting to the front of the line and buying stuff and, and all that. So it was really fun. But the, the two pair uh, that we want to look at today that, that, that we were going to discuss was one ties in with the Iverson stuff that we were just talking about. And that's the Jordan 11s. Um, and we'll get to those in a second. And then also the 95, 96 up tempo, uh, are, were just some classic. So, um, you had said in Friday's podcast that you had, uh, two pair of the 11s, you had the originals and then you had the first retros that came out. <laughs> I did. Is that the, the, I got two stories uh, with those. The first ones, uh, we had a team shoe, and it was funny. I was talking to our social worker who's a coach now, and, and she's fretting over the team shoes because she doesn't think any of them are, are good looking or they're kind of ugly, and they're just – and that's exactly what I thought. I hated our team shoes. They're these huge clunky things. It looked like they were built for Shaq or Matumbo, and – I'm like a six foot guard, not, not helping my game out at all. Uh, and it needed all the help it could get. Uh, so somebody uh, blew out a pair of their team shoes and gave me the idea that I could do that. Cause he got to wear whatever shoes he wanted afterwards, but you had and to blow so, them out first. <laughs> so I did. So I studied how his, this is how deep I got. I, I studied how his head blown out and, uh, Let's just say a few days later, mine blew out, and uh, 
<laughs> right after Christmas, I was lucky enough that I'd get a pair of Jordans for Christmas and got the 11s and I couldn't have been happier. I, I, I swear, I, I think that was the best basketball of my life. Uh, put those on after Christmas, couldn't, couldn't miss a shot, it felt like it. So, so who went and got them for you for Christmas? Like your mom? We dad? rolled into the mall. Like we, we, there was a mall in Maryville, which is towards Chicago, and we just went in and I tried them on in the store and walked out with them. And, yeah. And they, so that 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 tells you how far back in the day this was, right? Because yeah, that's no doubt. That's just impossible to do these days with something like the Concord 11s. Oh, yeah. um, even, I mean, even the Space Jam 11s that came out a couple years ago, that there were supposedly a rumored a million pairs. They they rumored that they sold a million pairs. Uh, people were still going to the mall and and striking out on those. Now a lot of people ate too. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't like it was just plentiful, and they sure as shit weren't staying around, hanging around on the shelf two three months after. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that, I think young heads, too, um, don't understand that when retros first came out, because your second pair was retroed uh, around 2000, 2001, somewhere yeah. in that range. And that's when retros first. Yeah. Yeah. That's when retros first came out and the retros sat. So yeah. when they retroed, they first retroed the ones and the threes, I believe, and then the 11s. And it never, it didn't really gain that much traction. Um, and I remember my my uh, brother-in-law Dave worked at Foot Locker around that time, and he was getting like he has he I think he still has a pair of the threes. That, I mean they're they're starting to crumble now because they're so old. Mm. Uh, but the the black cement threes, and I think he told me he got them for like sixty five bucks or something. You know, with his, wow. they were on <laughs> sale. Discount. They sat. They were on sale, and then he used his his uh, Foot Locker employee discount and you know knocked it all the way down to 65 dollars i remember going into derner's and i don't know what year it was but it was mid 2000s i went into derner's to look at uh some jordan 19 lows that i wanted and when i walked in there they had on the shelf the olympic sevens remember <laughs> with with the nine on oh, there yeah, i love those i still have that pair um i still have that pair of olympic sevens and the receipt is faded as hell on it right now um, because they're so old. But uh, I went in there and they were on sale for sixty-eight bucks. Oh my gosh! And was yeah. able to. And I'm like, is this? I'm like, how many pairs y'all have of these? And they're like, well, we only have one pair left. And I said, well, what size is it? They said ten. I said, I don't even need to see them. Just box them up. Let's go. Like <laughs> sixty-eight bucks. Yes, Done. sir. I will take that all day. But uh. Yeah, so then the, uh, the it's funny that the retros kind of sat because they really did start to take off. Then you know mid mid two thousands or so they started to gain uh, traction. Well, the two thousand one the elevens to get those I remember I had to have kind of a game plan uh, because I had gotten the retro fours uh, and driven down from West Lafayette where I went to school my freshman year. I went to Purdue which is maybe where my hate for Purdue stems, stems from. wasn't the best first year of school. But I, I drove with a buddy down to um, Lafayette Square, I think, in Indianapolis. And we thought there oh, was yeah. going to be the jungle, baby. Rush. Yeah, we thought there was going to be a mad rush for those fours. We're like, this is incredible. I can't believe these shoes are coming out. We drove down there, showed up before the mall uh, opened. The doors opened. We like jogged down to the Foot Locker, got there, and we were the only ones there. <laughs> <laughs> the Foot Locker guy was staring at us like, "What is wrong with you? And what do you want?" <laughs> different, different time, but that was that was like, 
that was the ninety nine. That was yeah, the most was fun to be a sneakerhead yeah. because, I mean, what around ninety nine? I think is when Nike Talk came out. I've yep. been a member on Nike Talk since since then, um, and you know that's really where you went to get your shoe news and stuff. Yeah, or you get like East Bay's, right? I mean, oh yeah, everybody got the East Bay count uh, our uh, magazines and catalogs, and you could order stuff off of that. Um, or you had your mom and pop hook up, you know, yeah. that was, that was local too. So my story with those 2000 or 2001, whatever that era was of the, the retro 11s is my sister got them for my brother-in-law, Dave. Um, he, he was just her boyfriend at the time and they got delivered to my parents' house. She called Nike town in Chicago, I think. And that's you used to do phone orders too. Remember that you could call you could call and do yeah. phone orders, and I think some some places still accept phone orders, but that that's kind of a thing of the past now too. Um, but those things, I was just in high school, and so um, they, I think I was, yeah, no, that wouldn't have been two thousand two thousand one that I was in high school. Maybe it was a little bit, maybe it was a year before that, like ninety eight ninety nine something like that. I can't remember. Anyways, I'm pretty sure I was still in high school because I was at my parents house and that's where the shoes got delivered well they got delivered in like late november or something and uh they uh they got to my parents house and so i used to just unbox those things because jamie and dave were both at iu at that time i would unbox those shits and wear them around the house oh my but God. i was a nervous wreck I that's heresy there was like a couple times i don't even know if dave knows this i don't know if i ever told him uh but he he does listen to the podcast, so we'll find out. But oh there was like I, I legitimately two times where I had them on my feet to like go out in them, and <laughs> I was too nervous. I didn't pull the trigger because good I love choice. Definitely would have stepped in the dog of pile. <laughs> but pile then I remember thinking like, man, if these things ever come out again, I'll I will move Earth to grab me a pair. You know, yeah. like they they stuck in my mind that much. But what was crazy was when they came out in '96. There was really only one dude at Wright, my high school, that had them, and it was my buddy Nick Pruden. He had sent his mom to the mall to get them, um, but I just don't remember the hype around them that much in '96. But I do and I don't. Like, do you remember the old Nike ad for it that just had the shoe? Oh yeah. With the white background and then the one eight hundred number for oh, yeah. it, you remember how Nike used to do those ads? I mean, those things were so clean yeah. and so crisp. Jordan's uh, ads were always good though, and and I mean, Jordan was my my guy. Not like he wasn't everyone else's, but being that close to Chicago, it was like elemental if you're going to be a basketball player or love basketball at that time. Right, and I remember the shoes because I remember him wearing them in the playoffs when he came back. You know, in in uh, in that Magic series that they got beat in his first return, that first half season or whatever it was that he played. Um, and I remember him breaking them out in that series and wearing them. Uh, but I guess I just don't remember the hype, or maybe they just weren't on my radar at that time to possibly buy. I do remember like the patent leather being revolutionary and and people being really down the middle on or one on one side or the other not many people like in the gray area you either love that patent leather or you hated it and then you remember just the the rush of patent leather stuff that came out after that on shoes like every shoe after that had to have patent leather on somewhere it. on there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so uh yeah that was a that was a wild shoe so my my Jordan 11 story was like I told you, if they ever were going to come back out, I was going to get them. 
And so we had just had uh, Bella, Isabella, our, our first uh, kid, and they came out in 2009, like 2010, somewhere in that range. And um, Bella was a baby, and my wife Amy had to work the next morning. But you could go to Got Soul in Broad Ripple in Indianapolis, where I was living at the time. Uh, RIP to Got Soul. It just closed its <laughs> doors maybe a month or so ago, a couple months mm-hmm. ago, whatever. Uh, a lot of good times there. A lot of shoes purchased there, too, as you can imagine. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we we uh, I call my mom because I know my mom is up, and she's staying at my sister's. And I'm like, hey, mom, these shoes are coming out tomorrow and well they weren't coming out you could go to got sold the the first saturday of every month and you could order and pay for anything coming out that month and so you had to kind of be around the got sold scene to know that um up until the jordan 11 launch which changes everything which i'll (laughs) talk about um but i knew it and so i knew that i wanted to get there and i didn't care if i had to get up at 3 30 4 30 in the morning to get there and get a place in line and so i called my mom and my mom, being the, the saint that she is, uh, she said that she would wake up at 3.30 and come over <laughs> to the house and then go back to sleep and just wait for Bella to wake up, who was a newborn at the time. Oh, my God. Or she was definitely under one at the time. She might not wow. have been like a newborn, newborn. And so, anyways, I wasn't feeling very good. I had a cold. Woke up, uh, walked in, you know, hazy-minded into the bathroom, was brushing my teeth, looked in the mirror and realized I was brushing my teeth with my wife's toothbrush and not mine, <laughs> which is disgusting in its own right. Um, and then I realized, like, dude, I have a cold. So if I just put this thing back in the cabinet, she's going to brush her teeth with it, not knowing. And then she's going to get sick. And there's no way in hell I'm going to get stuck taking care of this baby by myself because I have no idea what to do with the baby in the first place. Oh and this God. is our, our Yeah, well, also, how long, how long had you been married at this point? Uh, maybe like uh, well, Amy got pregnant six months into our marriage, so you know maybe under two years at this point, or right at two years, something like that. Yeah, so that's a good decision, uh, especially yeah, early, exactly. early in marriage. Now I wouldn't even care. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, just brush the teeth with your finger or something. But uh, so I got in the car and like, I'm like, shit, what is what place is open at three thirty in the morning, like to go get a toothbrush? And so I ended up finding like a Walgreens or a CVS, remarkably, that was open. And so bought her a new toothbrush, ran that back home. My mom had already been there. I explained the situation to her. Um, and then so I got back to Got Soul and was 13th in line at like 4.15 in the morning. Wow. And some of these dudes had just been out in Broad Ripple. If, if you guys don't know the Broad Ripple scene, it's just a strip of bars, um, bars and clubs in, uh, in Indianapolis. And so uh, the guys that were first in line had just gone out at like 8 o'clock at night and just started drinking and then ended up in line, uh, first in line at Got Soul at midnight. And, I mean, they were they were lit because they bought a fifth of Crown then from the bar that they were at and brought it with them. So oh they were God. the first two in line. The third person behind them was like a 72-year-old grandma oh. who was there to buy a couple pairs for both of her grandkids um and then there was another skinny little nerdy white dude like me that was right in front of me and and then so we're sitting there and uh basically those guys that were drunk as hell had already gotten a fight with another drunk group that was (laughs) in the bar like somebody said something to somebody i wasn't there i got there right after that happened and they were like 
so excited to tell me everything that happened. I've never met these people in my life. <laughs> so uh, they, so I get there, and so people are getting out of line to go and pay their parking meters. Well, Amy, my wife, worked just right behind it at Skinner's uh, hair salon, and I told those guys, I'm like, you, you guys all know that there's a humongous lot like right behind this building that you can park for free. And that's when I like entered celebrity status in that because people didn't have to one pay and Clutch. people two didn't have to like leave the line to go pay, you know, at the wrong time or something. So there was only 13 people at that time. Um, the people that pulled up behind us, number 14 and 15, were two just big ass black dudes, right? That just pull up in this this hoopty, and super nice dudes. It turns out they were they were awesome. Um, but there's no real like line forming at this time. It's mm. just kind of like a blob of humanity where everybody's kind of trying to joust for position without really like going full man's game, you know, like boxing people out and shit. But people that could have been danger talking. zone with those shoes too. There was some weird stuff that happened at that time. But you have to remember this is not release day, so people oh, yeah. aren't getting in hand. Because all hell breaks loose at Lafayette, where you where you were talking yeah. about on on launch day. I think they made national news. Yeah. Um, and I'll get to that in a second too. So uh, these black dudes and stuff are, uh, are right behind us, and so by the time, because the store doesn't open till eleven, so I've been there since four fifteen until eleven o'clock. So by the time about ten fifteen rolls, there's probably rolls around. There's probably about a hundred people there. Um, and again, it's just kind of not a defined line. And so about 1030 people are starting to say like, okay, we need to figure out what's going on here. Especially the people that have been here, uh, since as, as long as I had been there and before that were like, Hey, we need to form a line so we don't get screwed out of getting our pairs. No, and no. I'm like, well, how the hell are we going to do this? Like it is a mob of people. So the two big ass black dudes that were behind me were like, listen, I don't care what none of y'all say behind us me and my brother his guy the the two by dudes he's like we were behind this white dude right here this <laughs> dude is in front of us and we're behind him and the rest of y'all are behind us and at that moment I'm like i'm actually gonna get these shoes you're, like yeah, there's nothing you got a wall now there's nothing that can stop me from getting these shoes now so anyways uh mike who owned got soul around 11 11 15 um, they were just laying in bed and he told me later him and his wife were just laying in bed They had no idea that any of that stuff was happening outside um, nice. Until they got into the shop and then they were like, oh shit Like I can't believe this many people showed up for this because again, this wasn't like modern-day shoe game, you know yet yeah. um, It's it's the shoe. It's the launch that gets us there, but uh, so they he opens the door and pops his head out and he says uh, we have 15 pairs. Oh my so there's a hundred people in line now at least. And I'm number 13 and there are, there, there's 15 total pairs is what he got. So that's when people started to realize too, these things are going to be pretty insanely limited and they're going to yeah. be really hard to get. So it was those early launches like that, that, that words started to kind of filter. Like if you want your pairs, you're going to have to go all in. Yeah. Um, really figure it out. Yeah, Exactly. So anyways, everybody starts trading sizes, right? So people people in that 15 to 20 range start yelling up ahead to the people in the front of the line asking, you know, what uh, what size are you, what size are you? And they're trying to count back in their head, like, how many of their sizes ahead of us. 
ahead of them, you know. So I'm talking to the black dudes behind me, and uh, I can't even remember what their sizes are. Uh, but they ended up getting a pair, which was great for them. They were so happy. They were, like, hugging each other and shit. Um, but they were like, what, what size are you, dog? And I said, dude, I'm a nine and a half. They're like, oh, oh, man. Yeah, man, you got nothing to worry about, man. You got them baby feet. Yeah. You do. That's so, some tiny feet. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyways, we get in there, and when I get up to the line, I have my choice between a nine and a half and a ten. I took a nine and a half. Those guys got their pairs. A couple of the people in front of us, though, did not get a pair. So people that have been there since uh, before me at 4.15 walked away empty-handed. I have no idea if they got them on launch day. But then the launch day came uh, three weeks after that, and I walked in to got sold maybe like 2.30 in the afternoon, showed him my receipt, turned it in. He got the pairs, and I walked out, and every all the heads just kind of turned <laughs> at me as I was walking out. And... Uh, I knew I knew where we were because, like I said, Amy worked there, and yeah. I've been to so so many times. So I played it cool, walked out of the wa- walked out, uh, walked a few more steps, and got to an alley and just took off <laughs> as fast as I could run to get into my car. And not that I felt threatened or any of that stuff. I don't know what yeah. people. It was just like secure the bag, you know. Like what I mean? a mi- like, yeah, like a mix of excitement and and that little tinge of like, ooh, I got, I've got something that no one else has. Didn't the bag didn't anything until i got like into the depths of my basement all doors locked yeah. out pulled them out <laughs> oh that's a fun on. feeling so fired up i love that man you you made the connection to uh to iverson and it was funny to hear you say that but the iverson was the person who you connected with those 11s rather than jordan at least initially i thought he made them every bit as iconic because when you paired Iverson, who was like this revolutionary talent in in basketball, like icon at that time, and he was in college rocking those things with the Kenty cloth, Georgetown uniforms, doing his thing and what he did. Like he looked, and Michael Jordan maybe the coolest basketball player uh, of our generation and maybe of all time as far as just like swag and stuff, um, even though he's a terrible, terrible dresser these days. <laughs> Um, Iverson w- looked better. Like they they just looked better on him with the black ankle braces, with the the Kenty Claude Georgetown stuff. And you had this little dude with all this heart, um, just out there just balling. And some of those other Georgetown dudes wore him too. And it just fit that uniform so perfect. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing running ninety nine, the in connecting with our our uh, customer is so many people relate so many pairs of shorts back to a pair of shoes. Hmm. And so it's like when when we tease something out there, it's like, oh, man, I remember these with the up-tempos or the 11s or uh, the foams or, you know, whatever it is. It's funny because it always seems like the the real icon, especially those 90 shorts, have a pair of shoes that match it. You know what I mean? No doubt. Yeah, you know, interesting. Yeah, you you mentioned up tempos. I think that's where I wanted to go next, and and get your thoughts on the tempos and how they connect to a pair of shorts that people might be interested in uh, that I am currently wearing. Thank you again for those. Yeah, you're welcome. They are they fit perfect, and I'm loving them so far. I'm gonna hoop in them tomorrow. So your your uh, lack of uh, 
your lack of knowledge of how to set up and run a podcast really really cost us a <laughs> sentimental moment for uh, sure in HVS podcast history where I gifted you a pair of the Yukon shorts that we're getting ready to drop here on Friday. Um, so I'm going to relive that a little bit. So so what I did is I had a pair of the 95 up tempos, which me and, and Aaron uh, both consider, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like we've talked about this, both consider maybe the greatest basketball shoe of all time or of our, our yeah. generation. Close. Growing up. Very yeah, close. They're, I, I they're love into them. discussion. They're so good. Um, and so I told him I wanted to talk about those and handed him the box and then he opened the box and he had a pair of the, the Ray Allen. Uh, well, the, we, we got them classified as the Rip Hamilton 99 shorts, but they were also the Ray Allen uh, 96 shorts when he was at UConn too, same pair. So wear them for whatever you want. Um, but I noticed he, he Ray Allen on the social media tonight. What's that? I noticed Ray Allen on the social media tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of, kind of teasing that out there. But he wore the up tempos. Um, it's kind of the same thing as that Iverson Jordan connection with the Elevens. Was you had uh, Ray Allen who was wearing the Obsidian uh, uh, up tempos, which were dope with those Yukon uniforms. Um, they were so good. He also wore the Concord one uh, up tempos too. But. Um, the the navy ones really were like fire with the, those uniforms and that color combination and then you had scotty pippen wearing them for the bulls and so you had kind of the same not not to the level of jordan and iverson obviously with the 11s uh but you you had that same thing and if you remember that 96 final four uh it was syracuse mississippi state and then you had kentucky who i think kentucky was a converse school at that time yeah, i think so um and then you had umass so you had Camby that was wearing the up tempos, John Wallace who was wearing the up tempos, uh, Dante Jones and Eric Dampier from Mississippi State that were wearing the up tempos, and then you had Ray Allen uh, and UConn who were number one seed in that tournament and wearing the up tempos. Like those uh, shoes took over a NCAA tournament like no other shoe that I can remember. Uh, you know, as far as being a signature shoe, you know, team shoes obviously, but this shoe was like beyond that to me and yeah. uh i just i can't remember a shoe dominating a tournament like that in in helping be a part of so much of the tourney story maybe your favorite the mike bibby led uh foam posit team there uh, that's the only one that jumps into my head yeah though. but that wasn't every team that was just right. arizona so arizona was like the main ones wearing those and there was only two dudes on that team i think maybe three that wore them simon didn't wear them no, uh, it was only Bibby, right? it was Bibby and uh, Terry, Jason Terry. I'm pretty oh, sure. Maybe were the only only two that were that were wearing them. So I'm talking about that just spread throughout the course of all the different schools. I, I like similar to what the Dunks did in the '80s, right? So with the UNLV and St. John's and Kentucky and Villanova, like all of those schools were known for wearing those Nike "Stay True to Your Colors." Uh, dunks. That's how these up tempos were, but they were like the upgraded version of that, and they happened in the '90s when we were coming up, and we love the '90s, so they wow. have a special, special place in my heart. And their ad was dope too. It was uh, save save the Earth one quart at a time with the little droplets of the bottom and stuff. Like it's just dope, man. Like Nike, Nike was on top of their shit in the '90s, <laughs> no doubt. They, so, they, I feel like they just had. 
so much innovation combined with style and that's the hardest thing to capture right is like doing something cool that uh is is something you can play in too because i think that sometimes now there's tons of technology and stuff that makes for a great basketball sneaker but not necessarily one you want to rock on the weekend right those shoes are kind of bricks though now to be honest with you oh yeah for sure but they're also 20 some years old you know yeah exactly the silhouette is so dope on them but it's not it's also like not it doesn't lend itself to wearing it with jeans and and shit and people might disagree with me i'm I'm solely speaking on my style like i have a pair i've had a pair forever i've worn them maybe four times because i find them so hard to wear but i still love them to death but then if i go and i play basketball I have probably 35 pairs that are more comfortable and better performing now in the 20 years since those lost yeah. I don't like I'm, I'm working with enough, enough disadvantage at 39 years. <laughs> I don't need to add another one, you know, yeah. self-inflicted one <laughs> to me, but yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think it's no like, uh, what's his name? PJ Tucker can play in like, uh, any, any shoe, but, uh, That's great. If you're if you're an old man, you definitely need to be considering your footwear and whether it may be lead to an ACL tear. <laughs> you know what? And I would be I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Cincinnati Bearcats of '96, Damon Flint and those guys wearing. The they Pippen, wore those too. The Pippin' Up Tempos. Yeah. With the, the goat shorts, my goat shorts that I picked in in the. <laughs> in the shorts draft those cincinnati 96 shorts were so dope and then you paired the up tempos with them oh my god if if i could get if we could get cincinnati licensing and recreate those shorts i would buy the pair that they wore that's up on nike.com right now and i would wear those things seven days a week yes with the with up tempos so please if cincinnati licensing is listening to this Hold me to my word. Make me. Well, you're make send, me do you're that. sending give, it give to licensing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, man. So that, those are the two. I know that I know that the Jordan 11 was a layup, and I know that it's kind of lame for us to go that way. But it, it, we kind of have to start there if we're going if we're going into the the shoe category, and we'll work our way down. There, there's going to be some more controversial picks and some some picks that maybe people don't agree with or or didn't have the same love for but that's that's what it's all about that's the the discussion that we want to start and and stuff so we'll revisit a couple more pairs at some point um here coming up and we'll just kind of sprinkle that in from time to time and tell some stories with it and and kind of go from there yeah the key for me on those is the is the consensus right consensus can be boring if it's just like yep those are good but those are shoes that it seemed like everybody if you've been around for long enough and even if you haven't there's something about them. There's a story that you have that connects you to them, or you just want to be part of the larger conversation in the story. Uh, and to do that, you need a pair um, that makes them interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, I, I don't think uh, I've got anything else. I want to just tell everyone who's listening to, if you get a chance rate and review it on iTunes, it really helps us out five stars, please. Uh, if there is a platform that, 
you would like to listen to the podcast on and it's not available yet, we're on most things, but there's always another one out there. So you can feel free to message Josh on Instagram and while you're there, hit the like button and they're really interactive on this, the Instagram. I know I was on that Ray Allen post tonight talking about uh, my defense on him. So it's fun to get involved in the story in that way too. It was funny because I posted that picture of uh, Ray Allen in the Connecticut shorts that we're going to drop, and in the side peripheral of it is Lawrence Moten, and <laughs> people were equally as excited about Lawrence Moten being in that picture. <laughs> I know. You know, because just we have followers from, from everywhere, yeah. um, and it was just fun because uh, we we might also have those shorts dropping here in, in October hmm. as well. So it was kind of – it was strategically placed – but it was funny how people were just kind of picking up on Lawrence Moten. And then we got off on some Lawrence Moten tangents that ended up in like, dude was unstoppable in coach K's college basketball for Sega. But <laughs> like that, that's what, that's what social media is all about. And, and I no, love no. starting those conversations. So, um, I think this weekend we're going to knock out another pod, but I'm gonna have a different Aaron with I'm me. I'm excited so, about this. So. Yeah, so we're going to get Aaron Loomer, who is a, a co-owner of 99, along with myself and, and Chad Amo, and uh, we're going to get him down here, and I'm going to grill him. I'm going to interview him, and I'm going to find out exactly what the hell he does for 99, because I've been wondering <laughs> for years. And uh, we're gonna we're just going to talk kind of all things 99, how we grew, how we started, how we grew, where we're headed, that type of stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. That's assuming that... that uh, Meyer doesn't screw up my setup <laughs> when I have him set it up for me tomorrow. Well, school. I'll listen to the Echo version even even if I screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it taken care of and we'll uh, we'll knock it out. It'll be fun, man. But I appreciate you uh, taking some time and getting this done tonight too, so we can get something out this week. No doubt, been fun, man. You take care. All right, brother. Thank you for listening to the 199 podcast with HVS, the high volume shooters. For more information, check out the blog at 199.com under HVS. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and pick up some retro college shorts. Until next time.